and welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Sarah Whitus. I'm Amanda Toysher. And uh, we're reporting each from our respective bunkers. We're like literally in our closets right now. Um, I'm sitting (laughs) on a pillow with my back to the door, um, trying to not think about the world outside. Yeah, Uh, nothing can harm us in our closets. There's except li- for all surfaces. <laughs> yeah, except for all of our surfaces. I was also just saying that I'm surrounded by my shoes, all of my shoes, which uh... surely are covered in all sorts of harmful bacteria. Um, but I'm just going to like kind of inch them away from me. Um... Yeah, well, let's hope it's bacteria. Yeah. <laughs> yep, let's just hope it's normal just... street bacteria with dog yeah. poop and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just hope, I hope it's E. coli. Um, yeah. Is is E. coli a bacteria? Yeah, It's a bacteria because you get it. It's like it grows on food, right? That's how that works. It's not a virus. It's not a virus. I don't think it's a bacteria. No. I just googled it. I mean, I knew yeah. it. I already knew that. I was just playing. Um, oh yeah, you knew that. Yeah, I know, it's, I know it's a bacteria. Yeah. Um. um anyway, first so we've recorded in a few that, weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't. A few things but have I just want to say. Um, if you're listening to this and you are not social distancing, you can, first of all, I wanted to say like, go f- yourself, but I'm not going to say that because my mother is listening. Um, I just want <laughs> to say this is a time for yourself. you to improve yeah. and yeah. like think about your choices and think about who you might be affecting. And it's not even if you're not worried about being sick, you should be staying inside and avoiding contact and washing your hands thoroughly and not touching other people avoiding touching things that they might because um, things could get really bad and we need everyone to work together. So if you're not social distancing, that's okay. But please start this second. Leave the bar. Yeah, if you're listening your to a podcast to at a bar, like, <laughs> first of all, then that's you're weird. kind of social distancing anyway. So you might as well just go home. Yeah, so might yeah. as well just do it at home. Right. right. So anyway. And, um, but you know, what's a great activity to do at home and uh yeah and not talk to anyone both listening to podcasts and, and watching, watching television it's yeah. so true I mean, sarah really, I'm really our glad podcast you said that. was right our podcast was built for these times i think yeah um, um you could try doing it at the same time um mm-hmm. maybe confusing m- might not be like the the best experience but the thing is you have time now to experiment um so just stay mm-hmm. at home. Um, yes. Yep. And we That's definitely true. need stuff to watch, especially you, um, to keep your mind off things. Because you've got a busy couple weeks planned, despite your social distancing. I know. I haven't... Um, I was going to say, it's like odd with this all going on. I haven't actually been watching a ton of television. Although I think that's all going to change now. Um, <coughs> my... Uh, my a friend of mine was visiting last week, which we you know we had planned a couple weeks beforehand, and um, you know it seemed when she got here even last uh, Tuesday or whatever, like it seemed fine. You know, like we went to a restaurant and stuff like that, like for dinner we went to a couple of restaurants. Uh-huh. And anyway, um, she's here for a couple of nights, and she bo- and so I wasn't watching a ton of stuff. Although she did introduce me to Love Is Blind, which I will talk oh, about. Oh boy, yeah, we we're going to talk about podcast. that. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> we will discuss. And then also, I'm I'm uh, moving next Friday, uh-huh. so I was like, I will need things to, um. Uh, I will need things to, like, watch as I pack during the most, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, the, like, worst thing that anyone can do, which is moving. Um, and, but I need things that I can watch that I can only pay, like, 60% attention to. So, I feel like we're gonna get into a little bit about, you know, kind of stuff you can watch. Yeah. During your, uh, self-imposed quarantine later in the show and i think like some of these shows might be good right. for that actually um yeah i think i think that's kind of what we're going to focus on because we know that's what everyone <coughs> is thinking Excuse about 
That's just coughing from inhaling dust in my closet. I just want to clarify. <laughs> well, I'm just glad you're not in my closet. Yeah. <laughs> just a thick coat of um, cat hair on everything in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah so okay so what did you what did you watch well so the last time we talked we talked about the outsider on hbo um yeah i did finish the outsider um and you know so did i we've talked before you've been a real proponent of the fact that and i didn't like the end yeah the end of Stephen King adaptations. Yeah, and I haven't read that many. It's not like I'm a Stephen King aficionado. I remember reading some books when I was a teenager, and I've seen some, like, adaptations. But I've always, for all of them, I always found that the um, ending just kind of... It's not like it's anticlimactic. It just kind of ends. There's Mm -hmm. none of the excitement that you have in the beginning when you're trying to figure out what's going on. You just like, you think something's going to be explained. You think there's going to be some new revelation. There's going to be this like, (laughs) right? you know. Right. So like, you remember in um, grade school when they would show you rising action climax and then denouement like of a story? They didn't, they didn't use the word denouement. It's just, um, I'm just so brilliant. (laughs) I can't remember the English word. Um, So Falling action. Yeah. Fall- oh my god, I'm the you worst. I am the worst. I apologize. Um, yeah, and so like I remember being like, oh well, it's not perfectly symmetrical, and it's because you have to ramp up the excitement until the very end. So you're just like gradually going up, 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 and then the last chapter, it's this really yeah. swift fall, right? And I feel like Stephen King, it's the the peak is in the middle, and then it's this slow thing at the end. And you you think there's more to happen, but yeah. Anyway. That's my little spiel, and I so I just found the last episode of The Outsider pretty boring. Yeah, so did I. I mean, so I think that's exactly what happened here. I think the show started out to me really strong, a really interesting premise, and like they packed a lot into those first two episodes. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, this this tale of we talked about it before, but it's basically the story of kind of a monster some kind of monster that that our um, central characters have to figure out what it is, but it it basically feeds on grief and it also takes the form of someone in a community um, as like a mask and, and then kind of commits like kill, you know, commits murders and whatever. And, um, and, and, and then kind of unleashes a cycle of, you know, horror uh, around it. Um, and yeah, I thought it got really interesting. We introduce uh, this character of Holly, this kind of um, all, you know supernatural investigator. <laughs> I love a good supernatural investigator. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like she's really interesting. Um, and then the last couple episodes just lose steam, and I found the last episode. I did find it to be anti. You, you used the word anticlimactic before. I, that is how I I found the finale. Also, just, yeah, kind of boring. I think the whole show could have been, like, at least two episodes shorter. Like, the last few episodes really get pretty drawn out. Yeah. To me. Yeah. I could see that. And then, you know, so then you have this last episode. You kill off a bunch of characters immediately. Um, I found this gun, this shootout. Gunfight was awful. It was awful. And I almost, I was like very close to just sort of fast forward. It was like torturous sort of. <laughs> I fully didn't watch it. I was look. I was doing a crossword puzzle and just waiting for the, the shots the to end. The to stop. The sound of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they created a very, a very tense, uncomfortable like situation, but in a way that, I mean, I see what they were going for. Um, but to me, just, you know, just with everything that we are like kind of post-traumatic about as a society, you know, with mass shootings and stuff like that, I was just viscerally uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, it's like a 10 minute scene, like plus of just people. So yes, you have Jack Hoskins, the, um, cop who is under El Cuco's control kind of picking off all of our second char- secondary characters one by one I feel like it's never also really explained kind of what the deal was between oh 
El Cuco and it's like... Yeah, I fully didn't get it. You know? But I, I have a history of not understanding things like this, so I just kind of chalk yeah. it up like maybe don't get <laughs> shock it. Shock that to that. But I also remember that... Well, yeah. But like, I also remember... <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's just... You accept some things, and then you also accept that Holly, for instance, just knew that that the um, El Cuco was inside the head of Claude, right? Like, mm-hmm. how she knew that. Like, she... You just accept that she has this, like, almost um, supernatural ability when it's just that I think the implication when you meet her is that she's autistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so, too. But but there definitely are, like you said, paranormal. Like, she's definitely, like, her, her parents were afraid of her, so maybe there was, like, other paranormal sort of... Uh, yeah, like, she's a bit ESP of a medium, sort of right, a bit of a medium or an yeah. empath or something like that. Um, there's definitely... Yeah, but you don't actually see that. her doing that. You just, like, she has everything memorized, and then she tells right. you that right. El Cuco's in the head of this person. It's like, well, she did right. make a lot Agreed. of logical leap, leaps to come. If she can make, she can get to this conclusion that it's El Cuco, she could probably also get to another conclusion that it's a different, like, monster. Or mm-hmm. there are, or the only logical explanation is that they're evil twins. Anyway, I'm I'm overthinking yeah. that aspect of it, but I think that's the point, is that it le- it asks you not to overthink certain things to the point where then you don't really fully understand why was Hoskins how how did he control them and why was he different than the other people whose bodies he had uh doppelganged <laughs> you know i don't know yeah why did he i don't know why did he why did i mean and then like there's this whole scene where like okugo has jack hoskins like uh bringing all these lamps into the cave and then you're like what's that about and then it turns out it's basically i think just because it's dark in there but like, <laughs> i know yeah, i don't know like, like you think I, you watch that some, it like, seems creepy and then that that's never threads. yeah there were some threads that were sort of opened and never closed and i don't know what to make i i just like i don't really get why also like you know, El Cuco's in this community and, like, he, it has... I mean, I guess it's implied that maybe in the other communities that where they find that El Cuco has kind of wreaked this havoc, like, you know, they go to a few of these other these other communities, like the one, like, the guy who kills uh, um, his... Like, he takes on one of the masks in New York, the guy in the prison. Anyway, I mean, but, like, I mean, I guess maybe it's implied that, like, the monster has one of these kind of um who am i thinking of uh you know like like dracula's um <laughs> dracula has uh the the kind of guy who's his um well, like an assistant uh, yeah yeah I'm trying, who am i thinking of with dracula <laughs> oh like um oh like his isn't it a, fa- a f- familiar or that's yeah. an animal it's um, like <sighs> You not, mean, well, like not in, a familiar, in not what we do in the shadows. The they have exactly their... yes, exactly, exactly that. Yeah, yes, whatever. What do that they call them? Kind of role. I know it's. Uh... Oh my gosh, that's gonna really bother me. I think that I um, have a way. What of... is someone listening to this is so annoyed with us right now. I know, <laughs> They're but... like screaming. Okay, so um, I think I mean I think basically Dracula. Okay, oh, I think it's like Renfield. Okay, in like the actual Dracula and Bram Stoker's Dracula, maybe. Because um, I feel oh, like there I is like it, I think it is. It is like a, it's familiar, like an assistant. I guess. It's a familiar. Okay, it's like a it's like a assistant. <laughs> but <Yeah>. like. <laughs> They so we have, just like, came a back supernatural okay. control over over them. Okay, you know, I was like trying yeah. to think of a more supernatural term than assistant, but here we are. Um, so like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so maybe El Cuco has like an assistant in like you know, like like Jack that he you his know, PA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that he lives inside <laughs> the mind of you know for each different situation, but. And there's, like, also really no explanation as to, the, like, the rash on the back yeah. of the neck or anything, except just to indicate that that person, I guess, is now under the the, the thrall. Yeah, um, and just that it's gross. Yeah, and it, that it's gross. Totally. Um, I don't know. It yeah. introduced just a lot of, like, neat ideas and, like, concepts and stuff. And then, I don't know, and then it just sort of ended. And then they defeat El Cuco in the cave. All right. And it was pretty easy. It was pretty easy. It wasn't that hard. Wasn't that hard. Basically just a bunch of rocks fell on him. 
Turns out. <laughs> I just like the cave kind of yeah. starts crashing in and a bunch of rocks fall. I did think the scene where um, he sort of transforms into all the different people was like very well done as, as the monster was dying. He sort of transforms in all the different yeah. people that he's like worn as a mask. Um, I thought it was pretty well done and it looked really good with the, the effects. Um, but uh, okay, and then we get to the post credits. The post credits sequence. Also. I didn't watch it. Um, I never know. To, oh my god, we I have another it. situation like, like sharp objects here. Oh god, um, yeah. Were you also? Didn't I didn't. Watch well, it. how am I supposed to know? Who just sits um, and watches okay, so the, the credits, credits for fun? I don't. I assume that's over. <laughs> I think it's rude to like. Just assume, Amanda. Just assume from there. now on. Assume that for the finale for any HBO miniseries, you need to keep watching. Just for the finale, uh, you need to keep watching okay. until the end. Okay, I'll try to remember that. Um, I feel like it's a good, hard. a good rule of thumb. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, you have this scene where Holly is alone in her apartment now that her lover is dead, which I was sad about. Poor, An- poor Andy. Um, Andy from Ohio. Shootout. I know. I was bummed out about that. Um, so she's alone in her apartment, and then she thinks she sees Jack she sees like a specter of Jack behind her. Um, and then she is sitting on her bed reading kind of about how now Terry Maitland is, uh, you know, been exonerated. Um, and we see that she has a big scratch on her arm. Oh no. Yeah. So she may be next. Who knows? Season two, I don't know that I care about it. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe, I like the idea Wait, that Wait, are they doing a season two? I don't think anything like that has been announced, but I do think they were like, well, let's leave the door open for it. Um, you know, I think it's it's more, certainly more intriguing to just leave it, leave it there. Um, yeah. But we do see kind of Holly with this yeah. scratch on her arm. So then it's kind of like, well, did we defeat it after all? I love a good did we defeat it after all. I gotta say. Um, <laughs> well, they learned that from the X-Files. Yeah, right. Right, where you have kind of the glow of the eyes or whatever under the bed. You know, right, you know, right, under the escalator. Silver monster, <laughs> I yeah. do like. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, it's good for the beginning, but you don't need to watch the end, which is a weird thing to say. I, yeah, I and mean, I guess it's like if you want something. I mean, again, I find the first few episodes so good and intriguing that I hesitate to not recommend the show, but... I don't know. I just really yeah, really I know lost me by the end there. Yeah, uh, kind of disappointing. Um, so tell us a little bit about you've been watching High Fidelity. Yeah. Oh, this is a high episode. Um, I <laughs> good point. Watched you'll that will, that stupid joke will make sense later. Um, yeah, it'll come. So it'll come back. I watched all of High Fidelity, <laughs> um, the Hulu show, um, which is actually it was produced by Nick Hornsby, so it's. Okay. I, I don't know you, so it's like, what you say. It's like a new adaptation mm-hmm. of the movie with John Cusack from like 20 years ago. Um, and the premise is that um, this, this woman, Rob, played by Zoe Kravitz, she owns a record shop in Brooklyn. Um, her ex-boyfriend slash probably like her best friend um, works in the record shop with her, as does um, another friend, Charisse. Um so it's very much like, you know, the setup of the movie, which I don't remember that well, to be honest. And it's basically mm-hmm. about how she's navigating dealing with her past heartbreaks and how she decides whether she can move on mm-hmm. from them, specifically her most recent ex. Um, and I ended up really liking it. The episodes are only like 25 minutes long um, and there's 10 episodes and the so Rob, the main character. First of all, I think Zoe Kravitz is a really good actor. It turns out. I think she is too. I mean, I think I really enjoyed her on. What's it? Uh, Big Little Lies is like my main thing for her. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, she's and she plays like she's being really she's she's very cool in this episode yeah. or in this show. Um, yeah, but I think the character could have been really easily annoying. First of all, she's not the greatest friend or she's and she's pretty self-involved but um on top of that they do a lot of asides to the camera 
you know, where she's talking, explaining things about who someone is to her or how she, you know, messed this up and stuff like that. And it's kind of snarky. Um, and that could get old real fast um, and or just annoying from the get go. But it's not. It's kind of engaging and, and it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really good. Um, the the characters in it that work at the record store, um, uh, Simon and Charisse, they're, and including Rob, she they're all like really pretentious, of course, you know. Um, and they don't hide that when they've created these characters. You see it a little bit, but it's not really too annoying. Um, they're the people you would expect to work in a record shop when they're thirty. So. Shh. Sure, exactly. <laughs> That's going to be a pretty specific subset. Yeah. yeah, you know, music is their life, specifically the collection of it, you know, so it's okay. Um, and the truth is they had good taste. Like the last episode, um, which I really enjoyed, has like, you know, Stevie Wonder um, and Funkadelic, but like two, like, like you know, I believe, you know, that what's that song? I don't know the title of it, but like, I believe when keep I going. fall in love this time, yeah, keep it going. will be forever. It's really good. Um, yeah, so they it, the music is used effectively. So, um, and, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it's funny, um, and it moves quickly. It's, it's well-paced. And um, also, I really enjoyed the way New York feature, is featured in this movie, specifically Brooklyn. It's kind of... I've heard of it. Yes. <laughs> it's so easy for New York to be this extra character in a show. It happens frequently, but it does it in this, too. So that's kind of fun. You just, like, you're watching it, you feel like you're in New York. Anyway, I recommend it, and I think you would like it, Sarah. I am interested in it, for sure. I think that maybe it becomes something, it becomes part of my quarantine watch uh, repertoire. Yeah. Because it actually does sound pretty delightful, and I've heard I've heard really good things about it. Um, and I, like... Yeah, I think that Zoe Kravitz is really effective. Is there anyone else in it who's like... I feel like I haven't heard anyone else. Um, Debbie Harry and Parker Posey make guest appearances that are delightful. Okay, I love that. Um, but no, the other but the other actors aren't... Um, there aren't anybody I've really seen in that. anything before. Um, but it's nice. It's a diverse cast. And um, yeah. the one woman who also works at the record store, Charisse, is really funny. Um I think she could be, she could, this could be her breakout moment. So yeah. Nice. And then, so this one isn't the other one. The movie wasn't in New York either. So, um, where was it? I thought it was in Chicago. Well, cause Nick Hornsby is British. He's English. He is, but the movie is definitely, yeah, the movie is, is, uh, but yeah, is, it's, cause it's got Jack Black and right. And, and Chicago. John Cusack. I think it's in Chicago. Yeah. Pretty sure. Um, yeah, it's Chicago. You're yeah. right. I and I'm a big fan of the original movie. I mean, it's like I I, yeah. I always really liked it. So I'm glad to hear that's good. Nice. I also like. I just really respect the idea of like flipping the premise into the main character being a woman and like seeing it more from that point yeah. of view. Um. Okay. And it's nice because it also ends with the possibility of a second season. Yeah. Like it, it, it lends itself well to a TV show. Yeah. So. Uh, well, continuing in our high theme, I do have another entry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I've been watching, um, I've been watching High Maintenance, um, which I didn't really want to comment on until we'd like gotten a few episodes into it. Um, but... I we were now like maybe five episodes or so into it, but I don't know. It's also been there's one totally standout episode so far um, where uh, we have a, a kind of recurring character who's this asexual magician, um, <laughs> sort of hit it off with this woman who's playing um, and she plays an intimacy coordinator on like movie and tv sets um which is a job a weird job i think five or six years ago i know and uh, you know it's now a requirement i was reading it's actually a requirement i mean most sets i think that have like are adult like that feature any kind of intimacy between like adult characters at all i think basically have one now i think 
Is it like a protection um, you know, like, thing, do you think, for... Yeah, it, it, so it is, and I think that HBO started, they started to be required at least on all HBO sets, actually, I think, because of the show The Deuce, um, oh. James Franco's show, yeah. and there were, I think, um, I think there were complaints, etc., from actors on that show, um, specifically complaints about James Franco. Um, And so that kind of helped establish, I think, in Hollywood, the need for intimacy coordinators. And and High Maintenance has an intimacy coordinator because there's lots of sex scenes on the show. Um, So I think they sort of apparently, you know, sort of based, obviously, this character on her. But yeah, I mean, basically for any uh any kind of scene that involves like anything of a sexual nature at all it's like they're there to both make sure that um it's like a closed set so that there aren't just like unnecessarily people there especially if there's going to be nudity um and -hmm. also just to make sure that like everyone's comfortable and anyway it doesn't really have anything to do with much but i think i find it really interesting and so you know she's also kind of gets into issues of like you know she really likes this guy who's asexual and she's like am i violating you know they kind of have to be very specific about boundaries anyway it's a very good episode i thought it was fantastic um but i feel like usually with high maintenance like almost every episode is a standout episode and it's like much more rare to have one or two duds a season and i feel like we're halfway through the season and i've like felt like there have been already like kind of at least more like three that i interesting i don't know what it is exactly they're just they're not bad um the show's not bad the show's never bad but um it's just like a lot of the plots are falling kind of flat for me and aren't Mm. kind of as funny or or more impactful as um previous seasons have been i don't know i was gonna talk a little bit more about we're gonna talk more about um you know uh very kind of bingeable shows to watch in quarantine. I was going to maybe mention High Maintenance. We get to that because I think the old episodes are so good. And I'm definitely not writing off High Maintenance, but I don't know. It's been a little disappointing this season. I'm kind of curious as to whether um, anyone else has been, any other High Maintenance files out there have been feeling. Let us know on Twitter. Yeah. Reach out to us. We're here. We have nothing else to do. Um, <laughs> truly. Um, okay. You were going to maybe join me for a moment to talk about, uh, Love is Blind. You were... Well, I can't, I can't actually join you <laughs> because I didn't watch it. I just was going to put it as my not You've been watching. watching. You, you, Fair enough. Um, and I still think you would be justified in doing that. Um, so I was saying my friend was visiting last week, my friend Emily, and she was like, have you seen Love is Blind? We need to watch it. Um, so I watched like four. I didn't I haven't finished it or anything, I, but I watched like four episodes and the show is fully insane. I've heard it's um, absolutely bonkers. It's bonkers. It's bonkers. I mean, the premise of the show is that there's, like, a group of men and a group of women, and they live in, like, different apartments in the same kind of space. Like, all the men are in one apartment, all the women are in another apartment. Yeah. And um, they're basically set up with each other throughout the day. Like, they go into these pods where they're separated by a wall, but they can hear each other perfectly. And, um, so they haven't seen each other, but they, like, spend time together through the wall. So they're, like, (laughs) trying to determine whether or not they like each other without actually seeing each other. And that's kind of the first couple episodes is, like, them. So there's, like, literally a couple that, like, declares their undying love for each other. Like, before, like... I think it's before the first episode is over and they've only spoken through the wall (laughs) and they're like, there's like, there's like a proposal by the second episode. So the whole show is leading up to the fact that like, they're going to be these weddings at the end of the show. 
And, like, the end of the show is going to culminate with, like, these couples getting married and they have to, like, decide whether they want to do it or not. No way. So, <laughs> yes. It's bananas. Bananas. And, like, so many of the characters... Obviously, like, they've picked a... You know, obviously, they, they've picked a pretty, um, you know, wacky group of people. They're very entertaining. Some are more entertaining than others, of course. And some are horrifically annoying and... Um, some of them are actually quite cute. Um, and there's like the one couple, the one couple that like is ready to get married by like the end of the second episode is like, um, they're a mixed race couple and it kind of winds like she's black and he's white. He's like, not just white, he's from Maine <laughs> and like <laughs> still lives in Maine. <laughs> so he's, he's just not like just extra white, white. He's from Maine. <laughs> <laughs> and like... He winds up, you know, they wind up, you know, wanting to get married. He meets her family and her parents. She's never dated a white man before. And her dad is, like, very skeptical about this whole thing. Understandably. Sure. And, <laughs> um, anyway, it's just, like, it's pretty interesting. I feel like it's obviously, like, you know, um, a, a group of, you know, Netflix executives reaching their hands into a bowl of reality show ideas and just, yeah. like... You know, <laughs> and like th- pulling out three different things. Like, okay, people getting married. Uh, you don't see who you're dating. Like, they're just like literally picking out random ideas yeah. from the random idea reality show generator. But um, I'm not going to lie to you. I will probably watch the rest of this show while I'm packing. It's, <laughs> is, it a good, it's is it a good social distancing show? Totally. I mean... And in fact, of course, they are social distancing in the first few episodes because they're not getting near each other. Um, oh my gosh, that's <laughs> such a good point. Right? You know? So it's like, okay, look, we can, it's kind of proving that you can, um, you know, yeah, you can talk to your friends over Skype and over the phone, et cetera, without seeing them. Um, you can fall in love. You can fall in love. We could be doing Tinder. All the dating apps should but do without, that. Yes, we could be doing Tinder Social distancing. Yeah. Like, it can just get on, you know, get on the phone. It's, you can do this. It's weird, but is doable. You don't have to get married to the person at the end. And in fact, I would not recommend it. I'd advise against it. <laughs> don't do it. Um, Love is Blind. Good quarantine show. It Good for nothing else. But look, I joined you in the trash corner for... Aren't you proud of me? You know what? You did. I am so proud of you. I think it's important that you are uh, expanding your horizons to recognize that not all TV has to punch you in the gut. I know. Except the other thing I watched was the first episode of The Plot Against America. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So you you still have, you're back to your old ways in many ways. So that's okay. That's I know. okay. Do you like it? I know. I thought the first episode was really good. The first episode just aired on... Sunday. This is HBO's adaptation of um, the Philip Roth novel, um, The Plot Against America, uh, which is about what if Charles Lindbergh beat FDR um, at the dawn of, or not the dawn. Well, yeah. I mean, like, as, as World War II, you know, ramped up. I forget what year this is. Like, 42? I don't know if this is 42 or 44. 32. Uh, Oh, okay, yeah, right. Way, way at the... Right, because it's just the initial dawn of Hitler. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's about this Jewish family in New Jersey. And um, they're kind of watching the rise of Charles Lindbergh. I mean, it's going to get pretty intense. Yeah, Um, to be honest, it's a little too apropos for me um a little too on the nose um i don't know if this is something i could watch while hunkering down in my apartment worrying about my fellow americans at the hands of our idiotic um lindbergh like governor except or governor (laughs) um president who's actually probably (laughs) as smart as charles lindbergh oh Oh, no not assuredly not i mean luckily this is one that won't be able to binge for a while anyway because it's you know being doled out in weekly uh segments yeah that's true i mean and it's only six episodes but um no you're right it's not a it's not a distracting um enjoyable watch but i think i find it i find it you know i find it pretty 
it's interesting to watch i think as like you know a jew in america as well i think like i'm kind of i'm interested um i found out through this my wikipediaing so winona Ryder plays a main character um yeah you love to see it and uh (laughs) (laughs) this is how and i was like i was watching the first i was like i was like i do not this is a good show but having Winona Ryder play a Jew here is really kind of taking the whole thing. She's really taken me out of it. I just don't buy Winona Ryder as a as a Jew. And um, and then I like look up Wikipedia. Winona Ryder is half Jewish. Her oh. actual name is Winona Horowitz. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that'll teach me. Yes, um, Sarah. Jeez. And yeah. But Zoe Kazan, uh, very, very good. The acting is fantastic so far. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to keep watching it. I thought it was a really good first episode. I'm, like, very intrigued. Um, and it's also from David Simon and Ed Burns, the team behind the wire. And, um, you know, what else did they do? The Deuce and... Oh, uh, I think Winona Ryder was in the, um, was in the HBO series they did... Call Me a Hero, I think that's what it I was. don't remember like a, that yeah. at all. But um, huh. that one was, um, yeah, on HBO a few years ago. Show Me a Hero, right. Um, it was about Oscar Isaac trying to build low-income housing uh, in New York. Um, but, yeah. So, anyway, I'm, I'm pretty interested in in plot against america i will check back in on that one all right uh as well but maybe not a quarantine show but we should talk about some episodes that um that might be good shows if you're looking for suggestions yeah we were gonna talk a little bit about things to hunker down with Yeah. yeah um i guess i can start with just what i have been watching um this past weekend i started my day with some coffee and Columbo um, both mornings and I've always found like I've always said that Columbo was like my hangover show because it's very slow paced and methodical and soothing and the bad rich person always gets caught in the end by the working class and rumpled Columbo um, mm-hmm. so it's it's soothing in that way um, and yep. the episodes are really long they don't require like a lot of like attention diversion so um my first recommendation is watch Columbo if you haven't um if and if you like mysteries it's great they start with the murder you know who it is and you're just waiting the whole time to see how Columbo traps them it's great plus Columbo himself is so entertaining he is he's wonderful yeah um how about you what's your first recommendation well I was gonna say um you know was watching high maintenance and actually being somewhat disappointed by the current season of high maintenance, mm-hmm. um, uh, made me want to just go back and watch older episodes of it. And, uh, that's exactly kind of what I did a little bit uh, <laughs> this week. I just went back and watched like seven or eight, <laughs> um, of my favorite high maintenance episodes. And I have, a lot. I, I think that the other thing about High Maintenance is that it's so... A lot of these episodes, because there's no overarching plot, it's great. It's a great show that you can just flip right, any right. single one of them on. Because um, it's an, an anthology-ish show. Um, like I said, there's some recurring characters, like the asexual magician. But you don't need any, any context to understand any of them. Um, and... That, so that's great because you can just take one. And also HBO has the Vimeo episodes because the show aired on Vimeo oh, for right. um, something like maybe there were 10 or 12 Vimeo episodes, I think, before it moved to HBO. And those are also really almost uniformly wonderful. Um, and so you can kind of go back and appreciate, um, you know, 2012 New York, if that's something that you feel like you want to do but i i also if you need any recommendations on individual uh high maintenance episodes i am happy to 
offer them because I kind of curated a sort of watch list uh, last week of of a lot of my favorites. Um, well, what other any other old favorites that you want to recommend? Oh yeah, I would say um, Thirty Rock is always a good one because you can just start anywhere. Um, it's like start at any episode. And they're always yeah. funny um, and full of good jokes. I was also thinking early season X-Files, um, like when, before they get too hunkered mm-hmm. down by the global conspiracy. Totally. Um, yeah, I just think like the early ones, especially some of the Monster of the Week ones are fun. And so I've been watching some from the first season um, and even ones that like I only like that I don't remember very well are like good. Because it's still on Hulu, right? It's on Hulu, yeah. Yeah, it's not on yeah, Netflix Yeah, it used to be anymore. on Netflix, right, and then they yeah. took it off. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first couple seasons were so good. Or if, if you're like Sarah, you have the box set already. I, oh, I was debating. Every time I move, of course, I debate getting rid of my X-Files box set. <laughs> um, and I can never... Don't do it. ...bring myself to do it. <laughs> I know. I don't think yeah, I should do don't it. Don't do it. You know what? Physical media is forever. Kind of the other bent to to quarantine television watching, I think, is things that you've never gotten around to watching. Right, 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 right. You know, so uh, you know, not old favorites necessarily, but things that you've just always meant to watch. Um, for me, I think that's gonna be. Um, possibly, I know this is bad, but The Sopranos. So I have never watched them and I'm kind of amazed at the idea of someone watching that now, but like, I will be very curious what you think of it. Um, because that was a while ago. It was a while ago. That show started in like 2000, 1999. But it is such a, uh, turning point in TV. Totally. It's a landmark for HBO and for kind of like the the dawn of the golden age of of uh television um that we kind of entered into i think by the early mid mid 2000s um i know but i've never seen this promise it's a huge blind spot in my (laughs) in my television kind of uh repertoire so i was thinking about you know if i'm trapped with a lot of time on my hands the soprano is definitely something to get into for the first time um what about you well i would i definitely need to watch the second season of succession i still haven't watched it yet and i've heard it's absolutely bananas so yeah i so (sighs) i think now is the time to do it i've been just so So since i finally watched the first season in january i was like the show is so great this is wonderful i wish someone had told me about it (laughs) (laughs) haha and i just stopped at after the first season and was like okay well I guess I'll uh you know pick up the second season but I gotta catch up on this other stuff and then I just haven't yet because I know it'll suck me in so I think this is the time to just do it and then I can be like every normal American yeah who has you HBO. definitely do that is one that you that's a great quarantine watch um season I'm like almost jealous of the fact that you uh, have not yet seen the second season uh, of Succession. <laughs> That's the way I feel about people that haven't seen The Americans, which is another thing I would recommend yes, if you haven't ever watched it. Totally. Like, this is the time I to mean, do it. I think a lot of people think like, I mean, I think The Americans is a great quarantine watch because it's um, incredibly engrossing. You do need to pay attention to it. So like, if you don't have, you know, a lot yes. else to compete yeah. for your attention, um, then The Americans, I think, is a great show to get into because it does require, I think, a little bit more, not like, not brain power, but just like you can't zone out very easily while watching it or you are going to miss stuff. Right. Um, no, you, yeah. And especially because a lot of uh, scenes, especially I remember in the first couple of seasons are, are in Russian because they spend a lot of time in the, in the embassy and stuff. Right. Oh, you also had on here your recommendation of uh, Below Deck. Oh my God, Below Deck. Uh, I, I'm just telling you all, it's the best. Below Deck is wonderful. You can just sit and watch it all day. It's so good. Every, it's one of those Bravo type shows, but unlike the Real Housewives, 
every now and then you'll find the characters really redeeming. I don't know. I think Below Deck is fantastic and so much fun to watch, and there's so many seasons of it. So um, I don't know how easy it is to find past seasons of Bravo shows um, streaming, um, but I know that if you have like a cable login, you can d- you can watch old shows mm. on Bravo's website, um, and you know you can always try to find other other avenues. I don't know for sure what those would be, but I actually just remembered another show that uh, I have never gotten into. Another kind of HBO, a recent HBO staple, much beloved. So oh, you're one? gonna. You're going to make fun of me because this is not, <laughs> uh, it's just not another, it's, it's a more, you know, depressing one, but The Leftovers, oh! which people love, I know, it's really dark, yeah. is bleak. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, and I actually did watch the first season of The Leftovers when it was originally on and I found it kind of unrelentingly mm-hmm. grim to the extent that I didn't finish it so i don't know why i i feel like now is the time (laughs) um a lot of people say it's the best so i i I know i support that like it's people like actually have a really intense fan yeah exactly yeah so uh yeah i don't know any other any other ones from you um i'm I'll just say, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll finally watch Friday Night Lights, but there's a lot of other stuff, so I really okay. can't promise anything with that. I tend to hate shows about teenagers pretending they're not teenagers and are actually adults. Um, I agree. The chances are low, but I do know that people really like it, and that it's. I do know that it's a good show, um, but that's a possibility. Yeah, I've I've thought about that one many times in the past as well but i kind of think like ultimately i don't know that it's built for me i don't know yeah 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 i think i agree about the high school students who are actually adults uh so some suggestions for you for your quarantine watch yeah yeah we got we got we're here to help let us know if you take us up on any of them stay inside yes don't go anywhere uh unless your tv breaks and then you do need to go get a new one so yeah yeah. <laughs> I think that that brings us to what we're watching and not watching. I mean, we kind of yeah. just talked about what we're watching. Um, but here's the thing but, is that I we're going to be watching a lot more. So now we right. can talk We've, about like what we're definitely planning to aside from quarantine television. That's true. I mean, I still need to. I still fully intend to want to watch uh, the new season of Babylon Berlin. Uh, did you say I fully intend to want to watch <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think that that's quite the way I. I mean, I. Don't, I think that is how I said it. I didn't quite mean it that way, but also maybe I did. <laughs> but I mean that sometimes that is what we mean, though. You know. Yeah. Like, that is kind of, I want. Yeah. I want to intend to watch it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, tend, I intend to want to watch it. Yeah. I. <laughs> it's there. It's on the list. Um, yeah. Same with me. It's on my list too. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's going to take it's... a lot to get me back into it because there's. It was a while ago and so much had happened. I know. I know. It's like you need like a 20 minute previously on (laughs) for this show. Um, I'm also interested in the uh, new series on on Hulu, the adaptation of um, Celeste uh, Ang's book, Little Fires Everywhere. Which I never read. I I didn't read it either. What was it called? Um, oh, the previous one. Yeah, which I did read. But I had wanted to read Little Fires Everywhere because it takes place in Shaker Heights. And I didn't Correct. know they were making a TV yes. show. Oh, Everything I Never Told You was the other book. That's it. Yeah, um, that's, the one, that's yeah. the one we read. Which I enjoyed quite a bit. I know. Little I Fires Everywhere has also it. been on my list to read for quite a while. Um, yeah. But so the show, adapt- yeah, the adaptation premieres on Hulu this week. I think they're putting the first couple episodes on at once. Um, and then doling them out week by week, but stars Reese Witherspoon and, uh, oh, Carrie Washington. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that Reese Witherspoon is playing like basically again, almost the same character that she played on 
Big Little Lies, but she did it very well, so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, um, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, sure, why not? <laughs> um, so I want to watch that. Yeah. Um, that's on my list. So I think I'll also intend to want to watch Babylon Berlin, um, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I've been seeing a lot of ads for this freeform show, um, just so I can just have a new trash um, item for you all. And it's called Motherland Fort Salem. I can't even say it without laughing. Um, Motherland Fort Salem. Yeah, and it's a freeform no. show. And it's about teenage witches who have to basically save the world. There was like a truce back in the Salem witch trials between witches and the, I guess, the government. I don't know. If it was a colony, so it's not really clear to me um, the, the mythology of this this parallel universe. But... Um, Anyway, it's just like a bunch of teenage witches that have kind of a coven and they have to save the world. It might be terrible, but I Love might it. watch an episode. Um, and then if I don't like it, I'll just continue watching Succession Season 2. An excellent backup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I this sounds promising. I know. Me. I think I'm it's, kind of... you know, it could be good trash. It could be good. It could be good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what are we not watching? Oh, I'm not watching Westworld. I'm not either. It's so funny you say that. I'm not watching that either. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... I think I talked a little bit... I mean, you know, I watched the first season. I think I talked a little bit maybe about last year. I watched, like, the first couple of episodes of last season. And then I just, like... I don't know. I can't put my finger on what doesn't work about Westworld to me but it doesn't hmm. it just doesn't do it for me I don't know yeah it's it it's, was, a, it's a little exhausting yeah it was never my show so yeah so we're not watching Westworld this is not where you will come for your Westworld this is not a Westworld updates, podcast this is not a Westworld podcast yeah no. unfortunately but unless you uh, also hate Westworld then it's fortunately for you um <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I think that's that just about that, that just about that does it. it. Well, I hope everyone listening stays safe, um, stays home, yeah, stays home, <laughs> and um, talk to your loved ones and tell them why it's important to stay home and flatten the curve and all that. And um, yes, yeah, so watch everyone, good please TV. stay healthy, all of our all of our loved listeners um yeah stay healthy stay home watch a lot of television tell us what you're watching yes um and have virtual google hangouts with your friends where you tell them what they're watching and what they should watch yes yes good idea that's a brilliant idea (laughs) and actually you know what i just realized amanda what is that our method of podcasting is also um just way ahead of the curve here we've been we've been doing it for years (laughs) yeah so if you also if you're like this is the time i want to start a podcast with my friend but like i can't see them (gasps) you know then you know learn learn from us you can do you can do anything remotely (laughs) yeah um cool all right well i will see you around the internet amanda i'll see you on the internet bye good 